First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. We're looking at a word to husbands in our study on navigating life's difficulties. And it says in verse 7 that husbands likewise dwell with them, which are the wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife, as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. As we saw the role of the wife last time, we come to the role of the husband. Notice it says husbands likewise, which means as we continue looking at this, it's to silence the ignorance of foolish men. The foolishness was believing the lie being put out by Caesar Nero about Christians being pyromaniacs, and that's not true, of course. They were responsible for setting Rome on fire, as was the accusation. And, of course, these people believed this about them without ever checking out the facts. So how in the world can you put an end to these false accusations? A verbal fight? No, that's not going to work. For Christians were operating from a position of weakness. They were powerless in the world politics. So Peter tells us to live our life in all areas of life that is so far above reproach. That anything be said about us as Christians would be demolished when we look at our life being totally different. What is said about us does not line up with our actions. Thus, they could conclude that the word said about them is a lie because of their conduct as citizens, as employees, and in their marriage. A person would be an ignorant, foolish person to believe this about Christians because their conduct is totally different. So what's important with this is this right here. It says the word husband is not a man of the house. No, it's a God-given title to the man in the marriage. This title is from God. It's more than being the man of the house. God looks at us and says, we are husbands. That has everything to do with our relationship to our wife, not the house. You see, marriage is a God-given institution. But not only is it a God institution, it's God also defines the roles in the marriage. And those roles is what constitutes the institution of marriage. So being a husband means that we are entering into a role that has its origin, its ordination, its calling in God. We take on a title that's been bestowed to us from God himself. See, being a husband is more than just the male part of that marriage. Being a husband is a calling on your life from God the day you said, I do. It comes with a God-given role that I'm to grow into and fulfill. It's impossible ever for a Christian husband and wife to ever stop growing in their marriage. With me, I've said this before many times, but I said in my 43 years of marriage to Debbie, I have been intimate with six other women. They all happen to be the same person <laughs> because Debbie has changed over the years. She's not the same person when I married her, you know, over 40 years ago. She's changed through the years, and when she changes, I grow through those changes. That's, why, that's how marriages grow. I change, so she grows. So marriage has their blessings, and they have their challenges. In the early years, the children starts to come. Those are challenges, and growth needs to occur. As years go by, you get to know each other inside and out. Things they might have done or are doing doesn't bother you as much as you change and you grow. And as you age together, then the need for each other and the dependence for each other actually grows too. We begin to need one another in a way like we've never needed each other before in life. Thus, it's required that as we change, we grow in our marriages in the role that God has called us to. And it goes all the way into heaven. And sadly, some marriages stop growing after five or ten years. 
And then around the 15 or 20 year mark, all these major problems develop and they kind of scratch their heads going, why am I having problems? I got through all this in the hard years and the early years. What's the deal? Well, here's the deal. You stopped growing in the marriage, but you didn't stop changing. And that's what happens. We're going to change. I'm not going to be the same person I was when I married my wife, and she's not going to be the same person she was when we got married too. And we have to understand there are changes. There are four things I want you to notice in our passage this morning. Number one, dwell with your wives according to understanding. And I don't think any husband can truly understand his wife, but we can know them and we can respect them. And so that's important. I think that is the point that is made with what he's saying right here, according to understanding, according to knowledge. And that Greek word is gnosis. It means to know through experience. This is a knowledge that comes with experience. So even though we cannot understand our wives completely or maybe even at all, we can come to know them through our experience with them and learn to respect them in what we know of them. For instance, what she likes, what she doesn't like. What is what you know? What she is good at and what she's not good at. What are her strengths? What are her weaknesses? We learn what interests her and what does not interest her at all. That is to understand. That is knowledge. That is gnosis. And we can learn as husbands what's important to her or what she doesn't care about one way or another. We learn what is super important to her. And if we violate that or casually disregard the super important, well, that can do damage to the marriage. You can do damage to trust and intimacy within the marriage. We can learn how does she think? How does she process life? What does she love? What are her dreams? What are her hurts? What frustrates her? What does she need to be protected from? When is she secure? When is she insecure? And so forth. Those things have nothing to do with I agree with it or not. No, it has nothing to do with it at all. This is what we come to know of them, and that's what we come to understand of them. And that's important. And then as the leader of the home, as a husband, then you set a course of action to respect that and to honor that. So a husband should know his wife very, very well, and it should influence his actions and his decision-making in the marriage. Husband, if you don't know your wife well, it's because you're being lazy. And I can speak from experience of being lazy at not knowing my wife when I should have been paying attention. It wasn't important enough for me to retain it Thus, it's just laziness. God calls us to know our wives, and when we know them, we can respect them, and we, we can respect what we do know of them. And with that, in effect, our decision-making, and it will affect the marriage itself. There's one thing that keeps me in a kind of a somber state in my marriage, that I will give an account of my treatment of my wife to the Lord, because this is ministry. This is service. It's unto Him. For at our marriage, we are given the title, the call, the ordination as a husband. God-given, authority-appointed leader that we have a role under that banner before God. Thus, there's going to be an account. So marriage is ministry. It is a Christian service. And this knowledge of our wives is to affect how we view them and also how we treat them. Number two, give honor to the wife as the weaker vessel honor means to respect esteem highly it means to treat with dignity the greek word for honor also is used as precious in chapter 1 verse 19 so we treat them as something that is valuable 
You know, in the ancient world, women just didn't have a respect status, unfortunately. Men would ride on a donkey, the woman would have to walk. Women would set up the tent. I mean, literally put up the tent and then arrange things inside the tent and then have dinner ready as the man just sat and watched. The word chivalry just didn't exist. There was no open the door and allow the wife to go in first. It was a sad day at birth for a father if a girl was birthed over a boy. Even today, with different ethnic groups in America, and I'm not putting those groups down, just their practices with women. Because I've seen in my own neighborhood a man walking and his wife is having to walk 20 feet or so behind him. They're, they're, they are taking a walk, getting exercise, but they can't walk side by side and talk and have a conversation. They're not equals in that way. According to culture, she does not walk with him. It was Christianity that introduced respect and courtesy on behalf of the husband to bring into the marriage relationship. It was given to the husband by God to see this through for women. And, of course, Christianity has done more for women's rights, respect, and dignity than any religion or any group ever has done for them. He also says, consider her the weaker vessel. In the Bible, the word vessel is used in reference to the body, the physical body. So Peter's not saying that she is weaker morally or intellectually or spiritually, but she is in general weaker physically compared to men. Of course, yes, there are exceptions to this rule. There are women that I'd be scared to death to fight. <laughs> there would be women that I know that could probably knock me out, you know, even in my prime. So there are exceptions. But as a rule in a majority of the marriages, the husband could easily overpower his wife physically. So men are in generally stronger in physical strength than women. So when a woman enters into a marriage relationship with that man, she has this sense of physical vulnerability in that that husband should never use his physical strength in a way that would intimidate her, that would produce fear in her. No wife should ever fear physical harm. No husband should ever physically abuse his wife. She should never be, you know, struck or pushed or when you walk by flinch or be bullied by her husband. The third thing also it says right here, it says they're heirs together of the grace of life or, a, you know, an equal heir with us in the grace of God. Our wives are our equal spiritually. It's good for husbands to remember that we are married to a daughter of God's. You, you who are a father, father daughters, well, you would never, ever want to imagine your daughter being dishonored or disrespected or bullied. So remember, your wife is a daughter of God's, a co-equal with you before God spiritually. And number four, and finally, the failure in treating our wives in this way, in these three things, will produce our prayers will be hindered to treat my wife with dis disrespect and dishonor and you know, I'll have my prayers hindered now that word doesn't sound like it's a major thing it sounds like more like a slap on the wrist kind of thing and you move on with God but understand the word hinder literally means to cut down it's like a branch on a fruit tree that is cut off that branch and all of its fruit is cut down it's separated and it's very source of life itself. In other words, that branch will die if not reintroduced back into the relationship with the source of life itself. It has to be grafted back into the source of man's life, which is God. That relationship gets damaged with the Lord if we fail to treat our wives with what Peter has told us in this one 
verse. Our relationship with the Lord would be hindered fruitless. Listen, have you ever had that time when you are convinced that she is so wrong and you are so right? And then as you, you know, start to pray to God, convincing God how right you are, and, and as you're going through the times of telling God that I'm right and she's so wrong, and, you know, God, you understand why I, I kind of flipped out and, and got mad and angry and, you know, and said these things and got upset, you know, because, you know, she was so wrong. And, and we're believing that God may be agreeing with us in that, but God's not agreeing with us. The Lord would say to us, look how you treated her in all this. God says, I don't care how right you are in the disagreement. You are wrong in my eyes in how you treated my daughter. Husbands, yes, we have been given this incredible God-given authority over our wives. But you have to understand this authority comes with humility, meekness, gentleness, and love. Knowing my wife and her heart, respecting and honoring her as a daughter of my God. God will not bless the spiritual life or the spiritual ministry of a Christian husband that mistreats his wife. And listen, marriages, they do have problems. There's no doubt about it. And the divorce rate for Christians is equal to the world, 50%. And why is that? Well, because this marriage has never given God a chance to work in it. Either one of them, you know, neither one of them is doing what God has asked them to do in the marriage. And it's only one thing the husband has to do, love your wives. As Christ loved the church, only one thing the wives have to do is submit unto your husbands. And because they don't do that, well, then God has nothing to work with. Each one only has one thing to do. And by faith, they just can't trust God in their one thing. So, it's up to the counselor, it's up to the pastor to figure it out because God is out of the picture completely. Once you take his word out, you take him out and he has nothing to work with. You do what God has asked you to do and if the other doesn't, you can't help that. But don't let that stop you because you're going to stand before God, all of us will, and he will see what we have done in the marriage was according to his word and you will be able to face Jesus with the richness and the fulfillment of doing what he asked you to do. We can't always control others, but we can control our place with God and our trust with God and our faith in God to do what his word has called us to do in the marriage.